I'd like to welcome those of you who are new listeners, as well as all of you who have supported these sessions. My name is Mark Blatstein, and I am the physician who created Physician Pre-Sentence Report Service. For most of your clients and their families, it is unlikely that they have been through anything like this before. They have no idea what to expect from federal prison or the inmates that they may encounter. Their world has been turned upside down, and for good reason, some of them are terrified of what to come. Some of them are embarrassed in front of friends, co-workers, neighbors, and or family. They have many questions. Some of them regard their health care. Others are, this was a big mistake. Why did it happen? How do I get out of this? And so much more. Some of your clients knew what they're doing was wrong when they crossed the line. Others were just doing stupid things. In my experience, once you get to know your client and hear what they're not telling you, this may be that important piece that could help mitigate their sentence. So getting them transparently to participate in preparing for their sentence interview may help them and their family adjust to this new reality and ultimately everyone will be much more appreciated. My goal and my part is that I'd like to be able to use my personal experiences to answer your clients' questions, guide their expectations, and reduce some of their fear. This is backed up by my experience with BOP, as well as 30 years in patient care, while I'm currently seeing some patients part. I begin all of this with the early morning FBI knock at their home or work or potentially they get them while they're on the road. And then I try and guide them as to what to do or not do and how to navigate the next steps, their next steps. In addition, I go through with them whatever health needs they have, security history or criminal history they have, and then criminogenic needs, that is part of the first step. Then we get in to go into release if that's going to be an option from the BOP and how to prepare for the warehouse and ultimately ending in a smooth supervised release. Everyone's aware in the legal world that the preparation starts long before the pre-sentence interview and if there's medical issues with the legal team you need the defendant to get copies of everything that they can lay their hands on. All office notes from all their physicians, copies of all the doctor's contact names. If there's x-rays, CT, MRIs were available, CT, CDs are now provided, copies of surgery reports, all blood tests, the more the better. Prescriptions. Prescriptions means that it's not just for medications, but it's going to be for medical devices too, CPAPs, eyeglasses, prosthetics, etc. Diplomas you need copies of for the highest level of education, also for any sort of certifications that there may be. Military service, copies again. What branch, rank, and discharge. Recommendations and references, if there is something particularly special, and you may want to get this in video form. 
The pre-sentence interview, we all know, is done by the representative of the court, which is probation. But I consider this is a to transition document, meaning that when you go to the doctor, you need a referral to get to a specialist. Well, the pre-sentence report is the referral that the probation officer is going to draft as the pre-sentence report that is going to be used by the judge at sentencing by the BOP as your referral per placement, and it's placement based on certain qualities. Medical care needs is one. Everyone's aware that there's four care levels, with number four being medical centers. There are seven. It provides 24-7, 365 nursing and medical care to both violent and nonviolent offenders, as well as the other three levels that you see. Mental health care levels. The same care levels one through four. And if you have a medical care level of two and a mental health care level of three, the mental health care level take precedence. So you have activities of daily living, did you know? And I'm sure most of you are aware that activities of daily living is, can you brush your teeth, go to the bathroom, clean yourself, take a bath, feed yourself, go up and down stairs. But then there's prison activities of daily living. Are you, is the person able to understand that when there's an alarm dropped to the floor, if there's standing head counts and the, and the staff is yelling for the standing health, health head count that to be available for that and then to respond accordingly. If they're supposed to ambulate to the dining hall for meals in an orderly fashion, that doesn't mean wandering around the compound or butting into other, you know, in front of other persons or to wander around into another inmate's personal space, um, understanding orders from staff, not arguing with them, any of which, whether it's a fight with an inmate or arguing with the staff, can put the person in disciplinary action, which could put them into solitary confinement if it happens often enough. So understanding your defendant or your client before the pre-sentence interview, and if they're predisposed to this, is pretty important. The aging population in the United States, both state and federal, is getting up there in years. Medication availability. Again, we all know that generics are being used broadly by the Federal Bureau of Prisons, that the same drug generically can be in a different color, size, and shape from month to month, depending on the manufacturer, but there are also similar equivalent substitutions where a different compounded medications can produce a similar um, outcome. If there's a physician that is willing and able to provide information for your client and they review the drugs that the BOP has on file, they can let you know whether this similar substitution is appropriate or not appropriate. Psychology and other programming needs here too. We have examples of two programs, skills program and stages program. One is for autism, the other is for borderline personality disorder. Both of these are part of the First Step Act also. But there's only two locations nationwide, which means if there's no, if if they are filled to capacity with inmates, then what are you going to do with your client? 
something to approach in a smart fashion before the pre-sentence interview and have a plan. Further, all of these programs may be short of correction staff to run them because there's been staffing shortages throughout the BOP, or there may be waiting lists for anywhere from six to 18 months for inmates to get into these programs. These are other issues that may affect your pre-sentence interview and PS. Criminogenic needs and earned time credits. There are thousands of inmates waiting for their earned time credits that are being denied. Why are they being denied? The articles out there, either Lisa, several articles in Forbes, there's a BOP, there's several BOP memos. Um, there's a legal case here, but essentially, you know, the programs either are not where they're filled or they may not even be available for the inmate to take. But either way, even if the inmate takes them, they still not be awarded for a variety of different reasons. We get into finally you, code 18 U.S. code or 18 U.S. code 2553 provides options critical in mitigating your client's sentence and requires time to develop a, an appropriate strategic defense. I hope you found this helpful. Should you have a client or a question, consults are on me. I have a PowerPoint of which this is a small part. It's of CLE quality that can be adjusted to meet your timing needs. And if you have an interest, just email me and I'll shoot it back to you for your review. Hope you have a good day.